Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Eve. I'm compulsive overeater and bulimic. Hi, everybody. Um, So first, um, thank you, Jimmy, for asking me to speak. Um, And I didn't know I was going to speak on the tool, so I'm just going to wing it, um, which shouldn't be hard because I've been, I'll start with, that's a good segue to my, I'll give a brief history. Um, In fact, I think I'll just weave the tools into it because um, the tools, like everything else, this program is 12 steps, as we know, and um, it is... Um, just like we are as people, it, it all integrates and, and, you know, ties into itself and to which everything ties into everything. So um, let's see. So I came in program. I just had my 24th uh, OA birthday. I don't count abstinent days. Um, I used to, um, and it causes a lot of uh, stress for me. Um, and so I just, um, I'm in recovery. I've been in recovery. I've been abstinent for a long time, but I couldn't tell you the number of days. Um, my food's not always perfect. I do the best I can one day at a time. Um, I really feel this is a one day at a time program. It took me a lot. That's part of, for me, actually, part of not counting days is this is helps me to remember that it's one day at a time. If one bite is bad, my day isn't ruined because I'm in recovery and I just go forward um, from the point that I am. So, um, so that, that's been really helpful. Um, so when I first came in, uh, and, and let me, vital statistics, 24 years in program, uh, I had a relapse about after about, I was absent for the better part of five, five or six years. I don't know the exact timing of it, but, um, and um, went into relapse for, I don't even know, because I wasn't checking the time, but uh, for a year or two or something like that, and sort of came out of it gradually and have been um, what I call abstinent, you know, my abstinence, um, you know, as I came out, so that's a long time. Um, And when I first came in, I don't like to call myself a perfectionist because I do things so imperfectly, but I would say that for lack of a better way to say it, I'm kind of a, or was more than even so, um, a perfectionist. I like things the way I like them and I want them just so, and I wanted my abstinence just so. And um, I would, when I first came in, this will be my first tool that I will talk about, which is plan of eating. I do not say food plan, I say plan of eating because it's not just about the food that I'm eating. It's about when I'm eating, how I'm eating it. Um, When I first came in program, part of my plan of eating was um, I never sat in front of the TV and watched, I never sat in front and watched TV while I ate my uh, meals. I had, I would go in the dining room and I don't have a TV. I have a TV in a separate room. So my living room and dining room area is without a TV. So I would go in the dining room and sit at the table and have my dinner. Um, and most of my meals were at work, you know, breakfast and lunch, because I was working back then. And 
Um, so that was one of that was one thing with my plan of eating. The other thing was um, when I first came in, my I I would breakfast and lunch were easy because I would go to work, but um, dinner I'd come home and I'd open the refrigerator and stare at the food and I couldn't and then I never would have an accident at night. It was very frustrating and I remember my sponsor would ask me, you know, how'd it go? I was like, oh, it was fine until I got home. I just couldn't do it. And so um, she's, I'm kind of all over the place. It's, I don't know if the recording's going to be very good, but whatever. Anyway, um, uh, my disease, what I used to do, I'm a laxative bulimic, and what I would do is I'd go on these diets. And the minute I would go on diets, I would start purging. So I wasn't like binging and purging. I would just kind of like gain weight slowly over a few months. And all of a sudden I'd go, oh my gosh, it kind of like I'd wake up and realize, oh my gosh, I'm so fat. And then I'd go on a diet. Once I start dieting, I would start purging with laxatives. And that was just my history for years. So my sponsor says to me, because I'm like, oh, I'm having a hard time when I get home. She goes, would you consider writing down your food? And I said, no, I won't because that means I don't feel like I'm on a diet. And if I'm on a diet, I will start purging and I don't want to do that. And she said, she goes, do you think you could try it just one day for tomorrow? And if it didn't work, you never had to do it again. And me, shockingly, I go, oh yeah, I could do that, which is amazing. Like, I can't believe I even said it, but I did. And the next day, this is, you know, 24 years ago, right? So there's no computers. I'm not like I had my yellow pad in my iPhone. I got a little wire bound notebook and a pencil, and I just wrote down what I was going to eat that day. And it took me, can't remember now, but probably 15 or 20 minutes to, to figure out what I was going to eat. This is a long time. Think about it. Stand, sitting there with a, a pad and pe paper, uh, a pad and pencil, trying to figure out, should, okay, I will have Brussels sprouts. No, no, no. Pro erase it. Broccoli. No, 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 no. And then salad with tomato. No, no, no. With cucumber. No, I, I mean, it had to be so perfect. It took me so long. Once I wrote it down, oh my gosh, I had total relief the whole day. And I wrote my, um, I wrote my food down like that for years, years. It was such a relief. And it kind of ties into the steps too. You know, we, we say step one, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. It's, um, you know, admitting powerlessness, it's not like we're victims that we're, you know, we, it's it somehow admitting that we're powerless over food gives us power to move forward, go forward with the steps and um, allow higher power in and allow recovery. And that's kind of what the plan of eating was for me. I wrote it down. The minute I wrote it down, it was like, oh, now I don't have to think about it anymore. It's done. It's on a piece of paper, finished. And it was amazing because I wrote, I wrote my food down like that for years and years. And rarely did I ever um, feel like I wanted to change it. And I was a secretary and I used to get coffee and breakfast and lunch for my boss every single day. Usually back then in the beginning, I had two bosses and I would go to get their lunch, and one of them was on a diet, and I would always cut up his fruit. I was like, you know, anyway, that's a whole nother issue. But anyway, and, and um, you know, and it didn't bother me. It didn't, I, I, it was like once in a blue moon when I would get Keith his lunch, one of my bosses, he bought the Mediterranean plate. Is it okay that I mentioned food? 
um, I, he would want, and I'd think, oh, I wish I had committed a Mediterranean plate instead. And so then I'd remember, oh, but you know what? I could have it tomorrow or the next day. It's always going to be at that, at that little shop. And that's what I would do, you know, and probably, you know, a month later I'd go, oh, maybe I'll have that Mediterranean plate today. And, but, but it was like once in a blue moon, I would have a moment where I'd think, but then it was like, oh, it doesn't matter because tomorrow I can plan it when I get up and write it down. So anyway, I don't want to spend all the time on one, one tool, but anyway, so the plan of eating was a huge, and especially as a newcomer. And I will say too, that over the years, I don't write my food down. I eat what I'm going to eat. I kind of, you know, I've been in program and I've had a plan of eating for a long enough time that I don't plan it like I used to. Um, although I know a lot of people that do after many years, so it's just whatever works. That's one thing. And another thing about this program is such a gift. Um, and I, w I, I will say that there have been times, even in the last couple of years, that I felt, um, you know, for various reasons, stressed out, upset, worried, fearful, whatever these, you know, emotions. Oh my gosh, I had emotions. And, um, and of course, not of course, but sometimes the compulsion, you know, the, the desire, oh, I wish I could eat, fill in the blank. It's like, you know what, I think I'm gonna write my food down today. And so I still, it's a tool that I can always go back to and use. Um, the other thing is, um, so let me go to another tool since I was talking about my sponsor. When um, sponsoring is another tool that I find uh, absolutely invaluable. Um, having a sponsor, especially when we're new, but um, often, and I know as uh, for a lot of people that I've known and myself too, as, as we get older in program, sometimes people co-sponsor. So it's almost, I, I read a term the other day, partner in recovery. So it's, you're kind of sponsoring each other. It's not the sort of up down uh, relationship. It's more of a side by side relationship. Um, whatever works, but just having somebody that you can go to um, and connect with and talk about recovery and the steps and working, how we work the steps in our life. When obviously, when we're new, it, having a sponsor is just, um, to me, uh, this huge gift. Having somebody who can just, I always say, it's just like, okay, so that's 10 minutes. Um, so having, um, having somebody who I can go to, um, and it's not like that person necessarily, I mean, when we're new, of course, a sponsor presumably knows more and has experienced more, has more to share. But even as we, you know, going side by side, sometimes just having that other person who you can go to and feel comfortable enough that you can say, you know, I'm having this issue or that issue or Sometimes it's a food issue. Sometimes it's a life issue, a spiritual, doesn't matter. Just having somebody that you feel so comfortable with um, that you can just share these things and, um, and get guidance. And like somebody's just taking your hand and, and walking with you down. That's the way I was kind of termed it. And even to, uh, to my sponsees, it's like, I'm not, I don't know more than you. I don't... Um, you know, I don't have answers. I'm just a person who can come in um, and care about you, and but be on the outside. You know, have that have that little bit of perspective that separates that you can't see when you're looking in the mirror. You can, we can't see it for ourselves, 
you know, and just somebody that has it, has experienced it. Sponsorship is just a huge, it's a huge gift for, uh, for the sponsor and for the sponsee. And I will say to anybody, if you're new and you're having trouble finding a sponsor, um, do please try to remember or remember that if you ask somebody to be your sponsor and they can't do it, um, it's don't do do everything you can not to take it personal because generally I've told people I couldn't sponsor them or I couldn't spot, you know, I could sponsor somebody temporarily, but um, it's, it's just people we all have to like, we can't transmit something we haven't got. So we have to learn to take care of ourselves so that we can help others. And, um, and you don't want to get, people don't want to get overloaded, but if, and, and I also feel like if that person can't do it, um, you know, your higher power maybe has another person in mind for you. So just ask somebody else. Um, so let's see sponsorship. So that's two tools or seven more. Oh my gosh. Um, let's see meetings. Okay. Well, meetings, uh, obviously thank goodness for zoom, right? I mean, think about, I think about what it would be like. Um, you know, I, I'm, single i live alone i have two cats <laughs> but we don't chat much i talk to them they don't usually talk back um but i can't imagine how isolating this pandemic would be without zoom and i know some of us are kind of getting sick of you know it's like oh i want to go to a real meeting and blah 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 and absolutely i agree i'm i'm really looking forward to going out in the world like actually putting makeup on and going out in the world without a mask it's like holy cow what what a, a treat right but but the fact that we have these Zoom meetings, what a gift. You know, I'm 63 years old. And I remember as a kid, we'd go to Disneyland and they had these video TVs and it was like, wow, someday we'll have that, you know? It's just like, holy cow. It's just like, we are, to, to me, it's like we're living in the future. You know, it's so amazing. What a gift that we have these meetings that, um, that we can come and, um, and just continue our recovery together and yeah electronically it's on a screen but it's it's real it's in real time it's a huge huge gift to be able to connect like this and um i know there's this i i, I don't remember i i remember reading it a long time a story in the in the big book about a guy who was isolated living somewhere in the world and he did his whole aa program through letters you know i think about that sometimes that guy that uh, I don't even know if it's, in, if it's in the new version of the big book, but anyway, the, the newest version of the big book. But I remember reading about it years ago and just, you know, he wanted to be sober and he would just, he was like pen pals with people so that he could stay sober because there was no AA, there were no AA meetings where he was. So anyway, so meetings are a huge gift. And I personally am super grateful that we have the technology and the, those of us that have the, have access, obviously all of us here, um, it's such a gift. Um, so let's see. So sponsorship, plan of eating, meetings. Oh God, there's all these. I'm having like a total brain quit. Um, anybody wants to yell out a, another tool? <laughs> um, telephone calls. Telephone calls. Oh, okay. Thanks, Jimmy. So that's like my least. That's the tool that's probably could be one of the best tools and the one I personally use probably the least. Um, I do make a lot of phone calls and I, I would say that 90% of my friends I have met in the rooms, um, 
especially now I'm semi-retired. When I worked, you know, I meet friends at work, but we don't have in common what I have in common with you guys. And so That's I made- 15 minutes. Oh, thank you, perfect. Okay, um, I'll just wrap up on that one. So, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, this is gonna be like the worst recording on the planet. Um, About phone calls. Thank you, oh my God, that's 63 years old. That's what happens, uh-oh. Anyway, um, so I don't make as many phone calls. You know, it's hard. I have a hard time personally reaching out to just somebody like I, somebody will share today and I'll go, oh wow, that person was really cool. I'm gonna write their phone number down and then I never call. And so, you know, I have the intention to do so, but I don't. But at the same time, over the years, meeting people, um, I, you know, 90% of my friends I have met through program. So, you, you know, you bring, we bring all of our experience to every relationship. So, you know, I had a friend the other day and she said something and I said, well, I guess we just worked the steps on it, right? We were not talking about program. We were not talking about recovery, but we we're talking about something else. And I'm like, well, I guess it's just step three moment, right? Turn it over and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah. And people tell me that, you know, it's like, well, Eve, you know, think about it. And it's like, oh yeah, that's right. I'll do a four through nine. And it's just, um, so, but, and I will just in the phone calls right now, you know, if, especially if you're coming in now, it's like, we don't get the time that after maybe i mean maybe this meeting does or some meetings i know some meetings do have like a little moment after the meeting where people can talk but it's like not like before where we could just hang out after a meeting for five or ten or fifteen minutes and meet people and get to know people so phone calls i think probably are really really um important now um so let's see um service i will say service so i will say that when jimmy said uh, asked me to speak i was like of course you know i'm you know i'll speak and then and then today jimmy says eve you have to talk about the tools i'm like oh no how could jimmy not tell me that i have to talk about the tools it's like well you know what i just get to be of service and if if i say something that's funky or that is um uh you know if i if, if I do anything that's imperfect, which would probably be everything, because how can I be perfect? I guess I can't. Um, if I can be of service to somebody, if I can say something that somebody hears, if one of you walks away with one little kernel of something that helps you in your life um, in any way, you know, whether it's about OA or recovery or your program or anything, any of that, it's like, that's a gift. In, in terms of service, I'm going to close with this little story. So I have a 702 number. I'm from the Bay Area. I lived 90% of my life. Until I was 50, I lived in Oakland and or 49. And at 49, I met my second ex-husband and I moved in with him and kind of, it's a long story. That's another, that's another program story about codependence. But in any case, um, I had this, I changed, I've since changed my phone number to a 702 number because I lived in Las Vegas for a few years. But um, I had this number for years, this 510 number for years. And I was married to my second husband and he kind of isolated me from things. And the phone rang and I answered the phone. And this woman says, I met you at the nine o'clock. I met you like five years ago at the nine o'clock meeting, um, a Saturday morning meeting in Oakland. And you told me, to get a spot, I was brand new. You told me to get a sponsor. You, you, you know, you were very encouraging, and um, I, I didn't come back 
for a while. But a year or two later, I remembered and I came back and I've been in program for you know X number of years and I'm abstinent, I've lost a lot of weight, I'm super happy, I love program. I don't remember the lady's name, woman's name. And it was this like, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, how sweet, the, I mean, what a gift it was to get this call. And I mean, we don't often get these calls. I always feel that that's her higher power and my higher power, which I personally think is just the one higher power, but whatever your belief. Um, you know, she was guided to call me and give me this gift, this gift that I chatted with somebody after a meeting and was able to help her in her recovery. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of people in my personal history that I could say the same thing. Oh, this person was such a gift to me, or that person said that, or I don't remember. And just like her, she's a gift to me. I don't even remember her name, but I'm telling you the story because it was such a wonderful gift. So whatever we can do, being of service, um, it goes so far beyond... There's my time. Um, it goes so far beyond just, you know, reading a script or being a Zoom host or sharing at a meeting. Any, anything we can do, you know, that, to support each other is service. And, um, and so I guess that's it. I'm done. Thanks for listening.